This message is made available by the partners and friends of Breakthrough Miracle Life. Catch our live broadcast every Wednesday and Sunday on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and on internet radio at mixlr.com forward slash B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-U. Father, we bless your name. We honor your holy name for this opportunity to gather in the name of your son to receive the ministry of your spirit through your word. Prepare our hearts, Lord. Prepare our hearts, Lord. Prepare our hearts, Lord, by the working of your spirit that we will receive revelation, that we will receive wisdom, that we will be filled with the spirit through the ministry of your word. In the name of Jesus, I come against any form of destruction in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, for the power that is at work in us now to understand every word that proceeds out of your mouth is perfect, holy, and righteous, and it gives and imparts life. That's what we receive in this hour. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, wow. Um, what a privilege it is again to uh, be here, to come to you, to share in the words of life, in the words of life, uh, once the Lord uh, released his apostle and he told them go share go to the temple and tell or share the words of this life that means that this life that we have received has words it has a language man does not live by bread alone. Bread is for the outer man, but the very core of the man who is the man himself can only be fed uh, and edified by the power of the word from the inspiration of his spirit. Yes, uh, we, you know, uh, you know, sometimes as we say, I don't know how many of you who um, generally, uh, we may say, you know, I think the average one of us here will relate with the food called matoke. Do you stop eating matoke this year because you ate quite a bit of it last year? No, we don't. No, we don't. As long as, uh, as long as our bodies I need of nourishment. We go for all the food there is. And I want you to notice, even all the food in the world, it's just prepared differently, but it's the same food. Yeah, we may say, okay, fine, you know, we're talking about fundamental differences like sea fish and freshwater fish. But when we talk about uh, carbohydrates and the average uh, of protein. We, we're literally talking about the same thing. So you may like fried rice. Somebody else likes it steamed. Somebody else likes it egg fried. Other, somebody else likes it 
vegetable fried, but it's all rice at the end of the day. So I, I hope you won't. And, uh, and that, that's sometimes the, the, the limitation that we have as Christians. Sometimes we, we, we tire to, to hear, uh, about one subject. Once upon a time, uh, the Lord sent me somewhere and for a whole year I was preaching on one subject, eternal life. And I was preaching to people who had been in the ministry longer than me and, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, the one particular person wondered if such a subject could be preached on the whole year. Trust me, it was inexhaustible. So likewise, you know, as we've been talking about adoption, uh, the school mentality is, okay, now let's move on to another subject. But uh, from my little experience, again, when we are dealing with fundamentals, one of the reasons our progress is hampered, uh, our progress is uh, curtailed, is because our proficiency in the foundations is lacking. So, uh, adoption. We, we, we've seen, we've seen the process of adoption. Uh, today we want to, as we did last week, we want to start touching up on the purpose of adoption. The purpose of adoption. The purpose of adoption. And I will really start from the end as we move uh, a little backwards. Uh, you know where most of us falter in the ministry? Uh, uh, I mean, every one of us, for your information, every one of us is a minister of some kind. You may be out there, you don't have a place at the pulpit, uh, you're not necessarily an usher anywhere, but you are a minister. Why? Because you are, you are the only Jesus somebody may ever see. You are the only son of God that somebody may ever see. Uh, and Jesus said that you will receive power when the, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And he says, you will be my witnesses. That means we will be, uh, we will be a continuity of his ministry, a continuity of his ministry. And um, so when you think about uh, that continuity of the ministry of, of, of sonship, uh, you know, I'll point out certain things. Any and every one of you has definitely prayed for the sick you probably encountered people who were oppressed by uh, demons or there was some kind of oppression of darkness. And any or all of us should have that experience where we've prayed for some and maybe there was a success and maybe some there was no success. And the question again is why? Why was I successful the last time? Why am I unable to pull it off this time? You see, so and that's the essence of sonship. That's the essence of sonship. Let me start from a little forward. 
Notice this. When we talk about praying for the sick, and I've, I've said it before, and it's not playing with words. People actually pray to God to heal what? People. And that's not what the Bible tells us. The Bible actually tells us, go heal the sick, not pray for the sick. Go heal the sick. There's a difference between praying for the sick and go heal the sick. Most of us are frustrated because we are praying for the sick or we are praying for ourselves in sickness. And we are wondering why nothing is manifesting. Now, Jesus, as the firstborn son of God, shows us how a son of God can relate with the other kingdom. So first when he arrives, he says that the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Then you see in John, John 17, and you see uh, he begins to say the kingdom of God is in you. The kingdom of God is in you. And you'll see in Mark and Matthew. And uh, once upon a time, they, they, they accused him of casting out demons by Beelzebub. And, uh, and he said, well, uh, isn't it interesting that a kingdom would stand against itself? And he goes ahead to try to show them or to show them that, look, a greater kingdom has arrived. A greater kingdom that has arrived. And, and so this is what I'm trying to say. Jesus dealt with situations by commanding. He never ever once begged a demon or he never dealt with a sickness by requesting. He commanded. Now most of us are still in prayer mood. We pray about jobs. We pray about things. So we are not appropriating the right energy in prayer and the proper privileges. We are religiously, we feel like we are doing the right thing when we tell people, I'm going to pray about it. There's a place for praying about something. The idea is you are seeking divine input in that subject. You're praying about something. Maybe you're praying about your job. The idea there is you're trying to understand, Lord, where am I? What is available for me? What am I missing? But then there can come a time when you know, when the spirit ministers to you and says, you want that job? You can have it if you be leave. That calls for a different kind of prayer. It calls for a different kind. It calls for a prayer of taking, laying hold. Paul speaks to Timothy in, in first Timothy 6, 12, and he says, my son says, lay a hold of eternal life. Lay hold, lay hold. And that's where our 
sonship is being challenged. It's how do you express yourself as a son? Do you still see inferiority with powers of darkness? Are you able to get into the spirit realm and assert yourself? You assert your rights as a child. So the purpose of sonship is so we can arrive at a place of exercising dominion. That's why we started in Genesis. I wanted you to see that God said, let us make man in our image to be like us, that he may have dominion. So everything God did was very calculated. He gave us just the right nature to exhibit the right characteristics so that we can function as his true representatives on earth because we were coming straight from him because he breathed into man the breath of life. That means the spirit of a man, as Proverbs says, is the candle of the Lord. The spirit of a man comes from God. There is a source for the spirit of a man. And it's that spirit who becomes the son of God. It is that spirit who becomes the child of God. It is that spirit. For a long time here, we've talked about the new creature. It is that spirit who becomes the new creature. The new creature born again, recreated, same as becoming a child of God with the very life of God in them. And so the primary purpose for adoption is to bring us to a place of dominion. Dominion over what? Not dominion over people. Not dominion over places, but dominion over darkness. And that's why God has exalted him, given him a name that's above every other name, and then he has seated him in the heavenly realms. And now because we are in him, we have the same position. We have the same position. Notice when the Bible says, as he is, so are we. It's talking about our spiritual qualities. Our spiritual qualities. When the enemy, look, when the the enemy doesn't need to mess with non-believers because they are already in his stable. They are his subjects. When it comes to us, the believers, he will mess with our identity because that is the source of our functionality. That is the source of our functionality. When your ID is messed up, you cannot exercise authority. Praise the Lord. That traffic officer is not strong enough to stop a trailer however slow it is, even if it is, it, it has no goods. 
he's not strong enough to even stop a bike. But because the law gives him authority, when you see anybody dressed like a traffic officer and they say, stop, it doesn't matter whether you are riding a bike or an 80-foot trailer, you will stop. Why? The key is authority. Authority. So he doesn't have to be strong. He doesn't have to be one of these strongest man on earth kind of body build kind of people. So I hope now you can see the difference between strength, power, and authority. As sons, we have authority. Many of us are still probably wondering about our authority. And it's the reason, and this is what happens when we speak to situations, we wait for the manifestation first before we can know that our authority was effective. You see? And that screams no faith at all. And we know the spirit realm very well. The sons of Skiva, and you know the sons of Skiva. Skiva is still producing sons until the end of age. We're still, many of us, operating like sons of Skiva. We may be saying in the name of Jesus, but in actual sense we're saying in the name of Jesus whom Paul preached. Praise the Lord. So, the purpose of adoption is to bring us to a place of authority so that we can express ourselves as true sons of God. There's a scripture in Romans 8 which says that creation eagerly awaits the manifestation, the, the manifestations of the true sons of, of God. <clears throat> creation eagerly awaits. So today, before that day of, of, of true manifestation of the true sons of God, today we still have, we have and possess the opportunity to express ourselves authoritatively. There are situations in our lives we are toying with. We are begging them to move. Please, mountain, go, go in Jesus' name. You don't want to go. Let me ask you again. Can you go in Jesus' name? Sometimes we may not express ourselves outwardly like that, but spiritually, that's the sort of energy we are exhibiting. So, adoption is to bring us to that place of confidence in the Father. It brings you to a place of, because you know the Father has believed and trusted in you. He has made you a part of his estate. And he has bestowed upon you the authority of the estate. Now you can act on behalf of the estate. You can act on behalf of the estate. And this estate is called the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. We, the things that 
uh, are yet to happen in our lives, not because God is delaying, but he's waiting on us. In Luke 10, 19, the Bible says, Behold, I give unto you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Behold, he's saying, I'm authorizing you. You see, he gave them authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the devil. And he says, nothing shall harm you by any means. So you can see, the purpose of adoption to be brought into this estate, I like the way one man of God puts it. While describing adoption, see, first, we are legally accepted as children of God. Legally, we are accepted. That's powerful because we were not born as children of God. We were born in the natural as children of our parents, but in the spirit, you know, Jesus told them, you are of your father, the devil. So we are adopted from the world or from darkness or from Satan, and we are taken on by God as his own children. We are accepted. So we see a gracious exhibition. Grace. Grace is exhibited. We, 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 were not, we were not deserving. We have not done anything to deserve to be called sons of God. So grace had to do that performance. Grace does the translation. It does the translation from darkness into his light. But here is what's more interesting about adoption. We are empowered, listen carefully, we are empowered to act like legitimate sons of God. That means the very spirit of God is at work in us, witnessing to us that we are God's children and also witnessing to us that we can exercise the authority of children of of God. The Bible says, Behold what manner of love that we should be called the sons of. You see that translation? Behold what manner of love. We were not born entitled to become children of God. No. Because of God's grace, we are adopted from darkness into light and you read some verses of some scriptures some versions Colossians 1 13 and the Bible says he has translated us from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love you see he brings us into a place of love you see because Jesus sets that trend of father son relationship it's a love relationship Pure, unadulterated. And you can see the father works through the son. The father expresses himself through the son. One time he told a man, your sins are forgiven you. And the people said, why do you blaspheme? And he said, hey, that has disturbed you. 
says, just so you may know that the son has authority to forgive sins. says, rise up and walk. Praise the Lord. So you, we, we can see, and here is what I'm trying to say. God needs, God is looking for partners. There's one thing you have that God doesn't have. You have legs and eyes and hands and ears. You have flesh. And he don't have flesh. So he needs you. But to partner with you, he did not do a contract with a a breach clause. No. He does a contract that has no breach clause. And this contract is, is eternal in nature. You are forever associated with him as a child, not as one of his servants. Praise the Lord. If we would go back to that, that Galatians 4 and you'll see it, uh, you'll see that transition. Um, you know, sometimes when we're reading the Bible, you'll be shocked that one day you'll be reading these same verses and you'll be seeing things that you didn't see now while we were going about the subject. But here it is. Um, verse 3, Galatians 4. Hear the, hear the language. And that's the way it was with us before Christ. We were like children. We were like. It's not saying we were children, but we were like children. It's building a, an allegory or a, a metaphor. We were like children. And it's describing what kind of children we were. Or it's describing that kind of... It goes into more detail to describe how how helpless we were. We were like children. We were slaves to basic spiritual principles of this world. So imagine this. If we were like children... And this is, this is what I love about the Bible. Sometimes when you read the Bible, you see what you were like. It gives you an idea what you are like now. You see? I think so little, uh, so, so, so little is appreciated about how we were and who we were or what we were like. So we were like children. We were slaves to the basic elemental forces of this world. And notice, we noticed we found out what that word children means. Nepius. You see, Nepius is helpless infants. Helpless. You see children in nappies. That's why they have to be dressed up in nappies. They can't even govern their own senses. They don't know when to, 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 to release water and substance. You see? That, that's how helpless we were. So notice... Now, in adoption, we are brought into a state of empowerment. Now we are no longer children. And you see that, you see that like part of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. We're in a place where we can govern our senses. We can govern our relationship with the elements. 
we we can dominate our interactions with darkness. Praise the Lord. We can tell darkness where to stop. If you wish, you can even say, darkness, I've missed you. Uh, we need to hang out tonight. And, and that's true. Let me tell you why that is true. And this is the most dangerous part about this freedom. Notice this. When you were an unbeliever, you were a slave to sin. The Bible says you followed the passionate desires and inclinations of your sinful. That means you didn't have a choice in the matter. Mm-hmm. But with freedom comes choice. And which is why the grace dispensation disturbs us. Because now you are free to sin as much as you are free to do right. That means you can determine, you can determine, uh, I, I haven't drunk in a while. I need to do something about you can do, You can just determine to do a moonwalk if you ever watched Michael Jackson, you know. That's how I, uh, a few months back I was preaching on the re- taking responsibility. Freedom comes with responsibility. It means you have a choice in the matter, and that's why in the parable of the prodigal son, you see, when the son, when the younger son said, give me my things and I go, the father didn't say, uh, uh, you are not of age yet. Praise the Lord. The father said, take your things and go. It's a demonstration of freedom. As children of God, we have freedom. And this is, you see, so one of the ways you can use this freedom is to is to backslide. You are free. And one of the ways you can use this freedom is to partner with God and say, as long as I live, I will make the most of this life. As long as I live, I will partner with the one who orchestrated my coming into this world. And I will... I will be his servant, or I will do what he created me to to do. Praise the Lord. And the, 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 see, that's what, especially when we get excited about grace, that's the part that people can tend to miss. When you are an unbeliever, you are not free to do right. <laughs> you didn't have a choice in the matter. Your only choice was to follow the passionate desires and inclinations of your sinful nature. But now that you are free, and that's why Paul tells us, in if you look at Romans 6 and Romans 8, it says now you have no obligation towards sinful nature. It says now you have a choice in the matter. You can determine that, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to live right. Or you can determine that uh, I've ever lived right. I need to balance. I need to balance it out, you know. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You know, it's amazing how the mind works, but sometimes the mind works in that direction. But notice Galatians 4.3, we were like children. We were like children, nephews, helpless, nappy-like infants, helpless. We were slaves to 
the basic spiritual principles of this world. Now, if that's the picture of how we were, what is the picture of how we are now? All you have to do is look at this scripture and see. We saw um, the other week. We saw uh, what we what we received the right to become. Technon, technon, technon is a kind of child who willfully, gladly depends on the father. Technon, technon, a, a child who willfully. That means. Uh, they are totally dependent and their will is in it. They have mastered their will. They have decided. They are deliberate about depending on God. Praise the Lord. So we see that now we are not like Nepius, but too we are also not slaves anymore and that's what we are discussing today. We're not slaves anymore to the basic spiritual principles of this world. We are no longer slaves. That means we've been brought... So so you get the idea of now adoption. One, we are graciously accepted, graciously accepted into the family of the beloved. Graciously. Two, we we are... We are empowered to be sons, to be genuine sons. We receive a proper ID. We don't have expired IDs. Our IDs are uh, 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 perpetual, but free, free. Now we have authority to act like sons. So you can see what sometimes happens. You may get excited about being a child and you miss what kind of child you are and you miss what your responsibilities are as a child. Praise the Lord. So the Bible is using this child-father relationship to communicate to us. Uh, It's giving us an idea of of our source and how we can take advantage of our source to to live in this world. Again, I like to emphasize, the Bible didn't tell you to pray for the sick. It told you to heal the sick. There's a difference. Now, when you know you're a child, you can go and heal the sick. Because you, you, you know you, are, you, you appreciate this partnership and empowerment. But if you don't know you're a child, what will you do? Notice, when the older son told the father, I've been slaving away for you. What did the father say? The father didn't commend him and say, oh, you're such a sweet child. Oh, I love you. You're the best child I've ever had. No. The father sounded a bit unkind. He says, son, you're ever with me. All I have is yours. And hear what he adds. He said, if you wanted a what? A goat or a party, you would have picked what? You'd have picked and had a blast. Praise the Lord. 
So that means most of us are this old son, busy slaving away and not being children of God. We are busy slaving away. We, and sometimes, that's why sometimes I like to, just to shock people, I sound controversial, I say, you are waiting on the Lord, you keep waiting until you die. Why? Even though it's a genuine statement, but our ears can mishear it to mean waiting for God to do something. Praise the Lord. Waiting on the Lord is actually being built up in the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, we have a lot of things God doesn't have. That sounds like a shocker. Uh, we have eyes and a voice, vocal cords. We have legs and hands. We have a body, and God doesn't have a body. So this relationship is to partner us so that he can work through us. Now, if, if you're able, and, and you know, and that's, and that's what you begin to see, in the in the scriptures, you begin to see that a lot. Um, you see the example of how Jesus dealt with contradictions. It's strange. The Bible says he rebuked the wind. It is interesting. He stands at the tomb of Lazarus and says, Father, I know you. You hear me. Praise the Lord. That's a statement of I and my father are one. We're in sync. We have a life partnership. He got my back. I don't have to call him where I am. That's where he he is. And so you can see Jesus shows us as a firstborn son. He shows us, he gives us an idea of what we can be like, of how we can act and react. We see it clearly when Peter had got the idea. And you know, he knew that you, you don't pray to God to heal the man. Mm. So he says, oh, silver and gold, that one I don't have, but I know what I have. And on account of what I have, in the name of Jesus, Peter healed the man. But he healed the man because he was, he had come to appreciate the authority that comes with being a son. Praise the Lord. A legitimate child. Peter is so confident that even when a shit comes with all kinds of animals and is lowered from the sky and the Lord says, eat, Peter says, no, Lord. Praise the Lord. He says, no, he will not eat. And he knew he was talking to the Lord. He was not hallucinating. Praise the Lord. That is this kind of relationship that God has brought us into. We are the kind who cower at the appearance 
of anything majestic. Somebody walks in with shiny shoes, driving a good car, we are quick to say, yes, sir, yeah, yes, sir, yes, sir, yeah, yes, sir. Uh, and and we, we are quick to want to associate with such a kind. Those are identity issues. There's a difference between honor and <laughs> and, and, and and an inferiority complex, praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sonship is meant to bring us to that place where we appreciate this partnership. Look, God as God spoke to Amos and he says he says he, he, God will not do anything in this world unless he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. Please note. And for you who may be out there thinking that scripture is for prophets. No, the Bible says God who in sundry times, in times past he spoke to, his, to us through his servants. He says by now he speaks to us through his son. And his, the spirit of his son is in everybody. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're not taking away from the ministry of the prophet. But I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to show you the level of partnership you have with God. And most of us, sometimes we really get, we really get this hearing and relating with God to, 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 to other uh, mediums. For those who seem to be more anointed than us, that's who we really get these things to. Yet we have been brought into God as children. That means we have a lively relationship. That means we can approach the throne with boldness and confidence. So, that is the part that is hardest for believers. Praise the Lord. Even those who know about it, growing to walk in it and execute. Every time I've seen a miracle, it is because I was in a place of authority. I did not begin with the devils. But when you begin with the devils, forget the miracle. And sometimes, sometimes people say, in the name of Jesus, come out. And, and the, their voice sounds authoritative. But inside here, it's nothing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. In fact, you'd rather have less energy, but more authority. You'd rather have less energy coming from your voice, but more authority coming from your Spirit. You can take a stand for those of you who have family. You can take a stand and say, this will never happen to my kids. This stops here. This will never go. This will never. It's, it's, it's not hard. The problem is getting to that place of authority. And that's where, and that's why it starts with studying these subjects. Praise the Lord. It's so much easier to study all kinds of subjects in the Bible and ignore some of these vital subjects. Once upon a time, I met uh, uh, a, a person in Asia and they were really, really unwell and I, and, and I was really concerned. I didn't know if they would last another week. So I looked around and everybody had been praying for them. 
and praying with them. In fact, there was a full-time intercessor in the house who was in some corner in tongues. I said, I wondered, I said, what is going on here? You've been praying this long. Nothing is happening. You know, it's time to change strategy. Praise the Lord. So I looked at her. I just landed in that city. And, and she picked me up, and I even wondered how she even got to the airport. Thankfully, the airport was just five minutes from her home. I said, hey, it would take her five minutes to sit. She was in so much pain. So, so much pain. I think she, uh, the enemy had uh, oppressed her, her reproductive system. I think there were all kinds of growth and cysts, you see. So I, 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 I marveled for a while. I saw how she was pale, and you know, uh, you know, when Caucasians are pale, uh, Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, it, it, they, they, they're white. They become white. Praise the Lord. She was, she was so pale. She lost so much blood. So I went down for a minute. I was tired. I needed to, to go and sleep. But because. Uh, I'd, 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 I think I'd flown in through, through, through Abu Dhabi and, 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 and KL and another airport. But through those airports, when I would get to those airports, it was good times. I would, uh, I would get to those airports when there's not a lot of traffic. So I'd find the gates that are not, uh, full of people. Then I'd get one of those seats and go there and, and, and pray on. So I didn't know what God was preparing me for. Then I got to, I think I got to Kuala Lumpur and I spent maybe um, three hours at the airport. I was pressing, I was pressing. I just had uh, an unction in my spirit to pray. Then eventually when I arrived there, I said, oh, this is what the Lord was preparing me for. I arrived when I I felt the authority. So so I told her, I'm going to pray for you. And she said, no, it's okay, you don't have to pray today. We can wait and you pray tomorrow. I thought, mm, do we have tomorrow? <laughs> I thought we may not have tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow you may not be. So, <clears throat> so I held, I held her belly and I rebuked that thing. In I told her, get out. I told her, you're fine. She stood up. She didn't tell me how she felt. She walked up the stairs and went to her room. The next day she was fine. Until today, that's probably five or six years. Praise the Lord. Amen. But here is the thing, <clears throat> and this is and this is why I need you to hear this carefully. You can be in that situation, and you think it is for somebody else to deal with, and not you. <clears throat> and you can attend funerals with that kind of attitude. Praise the Lord. God needed somebody. God is working through people. God believes in people. Stop undermining yourself. You may be there, maybe you're you're not praying that much, or maybe you've had whatever past look. God was not overlooking your past. eh? Then there would be nobody on the pulpit. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) There would be nobody on the pulpit. Everybody comes from somewhere. <clears throat> Even people who were good before they were born again, you were messed up. You just didn't have opportunity. Praise the Lord. 
Yeah, you just didn't have a, but you were messed up. Because messed up is spiritual. It's not what you do. Yeah, people, you'll be shocked. I've, I've met people who seem so nice and then seem so civil. But inwardly, when they share with you their thoughts, you're like, my God, you're a psychopath. <clears throat> you are, you are, you are, you are, you are, <clears throat> you are an actor of triple X's in your mind. <clears throat> you see? And they don't, you don't, that's, you see, God needs every one of us. Wherever you are, you are a proper, perfect representative of God in your household. I'm telling you that moment, if I had relegated it to somebody else, she would be dead. And you know how long she had to live? She would not have lasted another two weeks. And her life was going down very fast. And I saw all that, whether I was in the Philippines, whether I was, you, you, you just see, you just see opportunities where you, you th- think to myself, my God, what if I had ignored? I once went to, <clears throat> to a place far off in, there's a state called Sabah in, in Malaysia, and so far off somewhere in the villages. And, and there was a Filipino lady and she failed to push for like a week. A week. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Then they say, Pastor, Pastora, that's what they, that's how they call pastors. They say, Pastora, Pastora, come, come pray, come pray. I said, what's the problem? And then they told me what was going on. I said, wow. So somebody's out there dying and they, look. That's how much God is counting on you. You can despise yourself. That's the, that's the purpose of adoption. To take away that inferiority complex in this relationship with God. Yeah. You're not relating with God as a slave. You're relating with God as a partner. And it doesn't matter how little you know. But if the little you know is pure. Luke 17, 6 says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed. Sometimes if you overhear someone's, you will think you're not qualified yet. You think, give me some months after I've prayed and fasted. I'll be no, you, you won't be anywhere. If you deal with, if, if you find a cancer issue, you don't say, give me two months. In two months, you may be at their funeral. Praise the Lord. The purpose of adoption is to take away this ambiguity in how how we relate with God. It's to remove this inferiority in how we relate with God. So that, you see, if you can see yourself as a child of God, praise the Lord. The thing is that it's easy to see the church as children of God, but usually hard for you to see you as a choice child of God. The Bible says you are God's workmanship. You are God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ. For what? For good works. The purpose for you, your your recreation, is so that you can go around representing God. You bring glory to God. You bring Him glory. You, You know, one time, praying for a particular lady and you know she as I've met some of those along the way who 
uh, I think she was at wit's end. Her marriage was ending. Praise the Lord. The marriage was ending. It was, uh, was for all kinds of reasons, the marriage was ending. Amen. So as I prayed and prayed and prayed, and the Lord said, it's in your hands. What do you want? It's then until today that I'm, 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 I'm almost scared at the power that a believer has. You can change a whole area, you alone. You can change the destiny of a, of, of a, of a family. And so <clears throat> sonship comes to, is given to us to remove that inferiority. So that you stop seeing yourself as the weak link in this relationship with God. You see yourself as the vital link. Isaiah had the witness of who who will go for us. Who? And Isaiah said, I will go. He says, but I'm a man of unclean lips. You see, every time you think about yourself, that's what comes to you. All the qualities that disqualify you. You went to the wrong school. You've done the worst sins. Who told you yours are the worst? Do you know mine? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah? <laughs> Do you, you have no clue. So all these things that may come to your mind, they, are, they come to disqualify you. It's an onslaught of Satan. And what he, what he contends with is your identity. Notice, if you be the son of God. Now notice this. Jesus didn't doubt he was the son of God, right? But for us, if the devil comes like that, and, and said, if you be, you'll be like, whoa, <laughs> Mama, <laughs> if I were a child of God, I would not have done that. I would not have done that. No, 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 no. You are a legitimate child of God. You may still exhibit weakness, but you are a child of God. And based on that relationship, you, the Bible says, those that know their God, you can do mighty exploits. Those that know, that means those that understand this connection they have with God. Not as just a new creature, but a child of God. So that's the purpose of adoption. To bring you to a place of command. There are certain things about your life you've been dilly-dallying about. God is waiting on you. He's waiting on your proclamations. If you make the proclamations, heaven will back you up. And that's why Jesus tells us, he says, he says, you know, keys of the kingdom I've handed to you. He says, whatever you decide on earth, heaven has no choice. Praise the Lord. Amen. Sonship. You come to a place. Notice this. The spirit, that's why he says, and I want, I want you to hear this carefully. And he has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. So that means when you act, you are acting on behalf of who? Of his son. 
and then you exhibit the same characteristics. And in the spirit realm, you have the same ID. So you can determine the qualities of your life. And it's along these areas that people down, you see, most of what we call religion and people saying, no, God doesn't want people to be rich. God doesn't, all those, all those, all those are misconceptions mm. born of, 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 of ambiguity in relationship. If the devil messes with your identity, he kills your vision. Because he kills how big you can be. He kills your function. You wonder how much you can do. He kills your expectation. You wonder whether you can comfortably expect life to be favorably disposed toward you. Amen. Sonship for dominion. Freedom. Freedom. Freedom means you have the choice. You can exploit the choice. Because when we were like children, we didn't have a choice. We were slaves. But now that we are no longer Nepius and have become technon, technically technon is is for maturity. This is the other word which we couldn't pronounce. Hughes. Hughes. That is a legitimate child born of God. Hughes. Hughes. So, uh, it's talking about everybody who is born of God. So, Technon is talking about the state of Hughes. Technon is the mature state of Hughes. But Hughes is anybody who is born of God. Whether they are mature or not. Praise the Lord. Not Zeus, but Hughes. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding, (laughs) kidding. Praise the Lord. (laughs) So, uh, beloved, everything you're doing as you grow in the Lord is moving you to that end. You see, if you have that as a goal, it helps you in how you participate with God. Because suddenly you can be awakened to the urgency that you you have to grow or to understand. You're like, there's this problem, there's this problem. I've spoken to this one, this one has refused. I I spoke to that one, that one allowed. But there's these two problems that have still read. So that sort of urgency will push you to know God, to relate with him. So that you can increase in boldness, in authority. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's, I, I find that, you know, first of all, you know, we struggle with why are we saved? What are we saved for? What are we saved for? Where are we saved to? We, we struggle with some of those concepts. And we just live on and become religious, just go to church, speak we. We thank God for tongues. We just pray in tongues, feel better about ourselves, 
come back and feel better about our man of God. My man of God is better than your man of God. My man of God has a better car than your man of God. My man of God has more muscles now than your man of God. <laughs> you know, we, we get caught up in all the trivialities and we miss the substance. <laughs> My, my man of God is, 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 you know, cuter than your man of God. Praise the Lord. And we miss the substance. Yet the substance is you in your home. Every one of you in your home. You are authority houses. You husbands, you are legitimate heads. You determine the course. Of events in your house, in your life, in your house. You wives, you are authority houses. You determine the course of events in your life, in your house too. Praise the Lord. And that's what sonship connects us to. Authority. Authority. Acting on behalf of the Father. Authorized. Authorized. So we see that beauty of adoption. Graciously accepted into the family of the beloved. Empowered to become true sons of God. And authorized to act on behalf of the estate or the family of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So you in your houses. So, you know. You know, there are prayers which are not... You notice this. The Bible talks about how... It says, I will build my church upon this rock, and the gates of hell will not work. Why? Because we, the children, are the church. We prevail. We prevail. Some cities I would go to and you know her, you've disturbed principalities. So you can cow and run away and say, ah, here there's a lot of darkness. No. I'd get to my room and tell the authorities and the principalities that I have what? Arrived in the name of the Lord Jesus on behalf of our Father. And only then will you have success. Until then, you preach, and people will, you know when you're preaching and people are waiting for lunch. People are looking forward to lunch. And you and you and you'll wonder, and you'll say that these people can't hear. They have a problem. They like to eat. No, you have not dealt with the principality. Praise the Lord. Sonship helps you to prevail. You can prevail. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Breakthrough Miracle Life meets every Wednesday in Lunguja from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Saturday for Bible study from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. and on Sunday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. For more information, call or WhatsApp 704 89 